Hello and welcome to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Wim Lu. Joining me once again is uh, twice in the same week, producer and co-host Alex Wong here at the uh, backup studio at OMP. Actually, I think we're actually at 333 Bloor, technically, because we're on, the, on on this side of the building. What's going on, man? What's yeah, going on, Yeah, what's bro? up, man? Just enjoying a pumpkin spice latte from the Tim Hortons in the building here. Oh, word? Yeah, I got to say, I give us uh, five out of five. Actually, five out of pretty, five? Yeah, pretty Nobody strong Nobody likes drink. Tim Hortons coffee anymore except for you. Yeah, I mean, the Tim Hortons app, I'm a big fan of that. It's just easy to, you know, pull up, you know, bike to the studio, order a latte, come see you in your camo Columbia fleece. Hey, what's up? It's a little cold today. I know you're still doing your TIFF thing. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. many movies are you at right now? What Estimate. am I at right now? I think I'm at seven. Seven okay. for the festival. You've been really tiffing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like, I'm, I usually go see like probably four or five, but yeah, this year I've had more time to go. And I, I got to say, like, there's there's always like, Tiff is a bit of a grab bag for me. So I try not to like read too much about every movie before I go into it. I want to have no expectations. Um, and it's a grab bag. You know, there's certain movies where you're like, all right, like this is some sort of like, uh, I don't know. I saw some movie last year at Tiff where it was like, oh, you know, it's it's set in like the... The Balineux in, in, I don't even know if I said that correctly or not, but um, in, in like the, you know, the slums of Paris and they have a gang war, but then halfway through it's a zombie movie. And there's, I was like, all right, this is like, this is, this is, this it's is like not very good for experimental me. stuff. You yeah. never know where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's where I, if I had read the preview, I probably would have avoided it. But no, this year I, I got to say, I, I'm like a seven for seven. All the movies I've, I've seen have been really memorable, have been really enjoyable. If you uh, had to pick one to recommend to the, to the listeners. So, man, that's actually really hard. I'd probably say Sing Sing is the movie that I recommend. Um, it'll probably come out um, on, like, digital releases and streaming and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's it's about um, the the prison that uh, I think is in New Jersey. Um, but it, it's about the uh, rehabilitation through arts program that has taken place in real life at, at Sing Sing for the last, like, 30 years or so. And... Um, you know, it's about sort of, you know, these, uh, you know, just prisoners who have, you know, found a community through, um, setting up drama and setting up plays and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was really beautiful because this is one of the nice things about Tiff. You got to see the director, you got to see the actors and the reveal that they, they made, um, which I, it was revealed in the movie as well at the end, the credits, but these are actual graduates of that program who acted in this movie, it's a it's, it's, oh damn, that's so, a, like it's not a, a documentary. It's a fiction. That's a pretty sick twist, though. No, it's sick. And then they brought out the actual drama teacher who was sort of like there to sort of carry them through the project. And and he was talking about how like at at the prison, unfortunately, it was like the recrimination rate uh, within three years is about sixty seven percent. So two thirds of people who leave the prison in, in those three years um, end up coming back to the prison. That's part of the prison industrial complex. But um, he was talking about how. Th- with the hundreds of graduates he's had in his program, the recrimination rate is 3%. So it really does show the power that, uh, you know, he, the, the influence that he was able to have and the program was able to have. So that was a really beautiful movie. But honestly, I've seen a lot of good stuff. And Quiz Lady was really funny. Saw that last night. Mm. Uh, Smugglers was really good. Um, also really funny, really zany. Um, a little gory, but, you know, it was kind of like a heist movie in Korean. Apparently it's like the number one hit in Korea right now. Mm. You know, yeah. Shouts all my Koreans. Shouts yeah. to the Koreans. I saw Hundred Yards, which was which was quite good. Um, uh, you know, action movie. Um, you know, kung fu kind of throughout the whole thing. 
<laughs> I don't know. This guy watched Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> yeah, you know they I... remake Kung Fu Hustle. No, no, no. It, it was it wasn't nearly as funny as Kung Fu Hustle, but it definitely had a lot of uh, humor in it as well. Shot really beautifully. Yeah. Um, man, this guy's in his Roger Ebert what else bag is, like, right seeing, now. Man. Man. Two thumbs up to the whole festival. Uh, you know, honestly, like yeah. it, it's, it's just been it's just been really great. So yeah, no, um, I love that for you. You've been you've been trying to get me to go to TIFF too. And I'm yeah, I'm going like, to TIFF after this. That's why we have a we have an actual hard deadline for. Yeah. Uh, we're fine. We're fine. We're, no, so check Audi. out Sing Sing, which is also what Steve Kerr called Yao Ming back in 2005. Yo, relax. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of grab bag, we do have a grab bag of topics today. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Gonna gonna go through some stuff. So we got we got to div- divide it into hoop topics and non hoop topics. There's a lot. There's not much non hoop today. Really? Oh, that's say. a surprise. So we are gonna be hoop heavy today. Hoops hype in the building. Uh, shout outs to Michael Scotto. And, you know, he he reported yesterday some news about all the Pascal Siakam rumors that were out there with the Atlanta Hawks over the summer. And, you know, in his story, he said, quote, while talks for Siakam centered around DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin and draft pick compensation never materialized, there was a young player the Hawks didn't want to include that's worth noting should the teams revisit trade discussions and went on to say that the Hawks were unwilling to part with rookie guard Kobe Bufkin, who they drafted in the first round. And he said that head coach Quinn Schneider is very high on the former Michigan guard. And Bufkin, of course, was a player that the Raptors considered at uh, the number 13 spot in the draft before ultimately choosing new fan favorite Grady Dick. So what is your reaction to this latest morsel of Raptors news? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not too surprised in the sense that, um, you know, Kobe Bufkin was a prospect I really liked as well. Uh, again, this is with the caveat that it's like I'm watching a whole bunch of YouTube videos. Um, but then I got to see him in person as well at Summer League. Um, and even though I think he overall had an up and down Summer League, I really did like a lot of what I saw from him as a player, as a prospect. Um, a little small, a little shrimpy, but like a very skilled, I think. Um, you know, lefty gets the basket. I, I liked him as a prospect. That would have been what my pick would have been at the Raptors, you know, uh, 13th spot uh this year's draft he was sliding or not even sliding so much but he was available when the raptors you know picked at 13 and uh, obviously they went with grady i know the raptors were interested in him as well uh he what reportedly worked out twice in toronto um that's what i heard at that time Um, not sure how many other guys got double workouts for example grady only came in for that one um but grady was also expecting to go higher than 13 and so it when it was clear towards the end of that draft process that you know he might not be in the top 10 for example then he started opening up a couple more and that's when he came in for the workout in toronto but yeah i mean i i'm not too surprised i guess that atlanta would like him he is a you know nice prospect that's what i'm trying to get at but i mean at the same time like i don't know if this is like the breaking point for toronto because i I just think they're like all right well if you really liked him that much you could have taken him um, or if you really liked him that much, you might have been able to consummate a deal even around the time of the draft. Because that's something you could pull off on draft, you know, deadline day. You know, you make that trade, you make, you, you flip a couple of pieces, and then you get back that prospect um, at that pick, right? But when the more time that that pl- prospect has to spend at that program, when they get to see him in their facilities, get to know them, get do media, you know, get to be forward facing with fans, go to the summer league, get people to get excited about their game. Then it's a lot harder, even though it's the same player, the same deal. Maybe it's a lot harder to make that same thing happen outside of the draft. Cause you've had this like period where you've sort of seen them in your program. So, um, 
I mean, I, I don't know. Who's to say that if Pascal, if Kobe Bufkin was put into the deal, that the Raptors would accept it? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. He's also just a point. He's a pure point to me. Um, maybe he can play a little shooting guard, but he's he's kind of small. Like watching him in person, he's quite a small. So I am curious because they do have Trey Young and Dejounte Murray locked up long term. So um, you know, if Kobe is going to get time, is he going to if he's going to play? He's probably going to be what the fourth guard in the rotation, probably the fifth guard in the rotation this year. Because they also have AJ Griffin, who they're really high on. Of course, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, to Bog Shakur. To Bog Shakur, <laughs> which, uh, you know, we have to uh, give him his flowers. He was excellent. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- they have lots of guards. And he does, he's not big enough to play other positions. So, at least for the immediate future, I, I can't even see him getting that many minutes with Atlanta. So, in, in any case, yeah, that's, that's my general thoughts on that. Yeah, I think we've talked about this too, but it's like even looking at the offer, even if they had included Bufkin, like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how appealing we, we find this offer from like the Hawks, right? Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not sure it's like if they were to include Kobe Bufkin in the deal, like that would have been like the one player that would have put it over the top. So, it, the deal would be what? Bufkin, it would be AJ Griffin, and then DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter. Hunter. And like, and then picks. probably a little bit more money as well. I'm just not like, okay. like none of those players get me that excited, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I I would want at least one guaranteed starter back for Pascal, and 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 that's for me starting a little bit low, just in the sense that like we're giving up uh, an All NBA player, and uh, I'm not expect or at least an All Star player, and I'm not expecting to get a hundred percent of the value. But if you can't tell me I have one guaranteed starter coming back at least in the next two, three years, you guarantee me that guy can be a starter. I'm not sure. And then we had the discussion when the trade was, um, or the, the offers were kind of like slowly coming out, where it was like, okay, AJ Griffin could have been one of the uh, pieces in the deal. And I'm like, so then what are you actually doing in your shooting guard position? You just drafted Grady. You also have Gary, who may or may not be, you know, signing an extension imminently. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. What, what happened? They <laughs> We've been waiting on a nice edge for, for three said, months, uh, man. On the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, and yeah. then they went on break. Yo, they legit <laughs> just have been, you know, there. Who knows? You know. Is there a date? Is there like a deadline date on that where they have to sign uh, an extension by? I, there has to be, I, I feel I like, I don't right? know, but I, I don't, I mean, it, it's not until at least the season starts. So they still have at least a month. Um. But yeah, I mean, regardless, like it seems like you have a decent amount of depth there, unless you want to start two of those guys, which I think probably limits your your uh, defensive ability uh, with your group. But regardless, you have two of those guys that are probably starting for you, and then Kobe Bufkin can then be your backup point guard, which I obviously the Raptors need a backup point guard. I think that that fits perfectly fine. Um, DeAndre yeah, the Hunter, Raptors have needed a backup point guard for like three years running. But yeah, can we please just sort this out? Yeah. Anyway, I, backup I point guard news coming soon. Yeah, on the okay. show. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think from the Toronto perspective, and and you know, who knows? I I don't know who's been around the team uh, as Alex shuts off the lights in in the studio. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I don't know who's been around the team uh, to sort of get their side of the story as well. Because let's say they did throw in Kobe Bufkin, would that deal have been done? I'm not really sure. Right, all we really know right now is that Atlanta were reluctant to you know part with them, even though he's going to be their fifth guard in the rotation for at least the next two three years. Yeah, I think the skepticism to like you just said about like you know if they were willing to throw in Kobe Bufkin, would the deal have gotten done? Is like a real thing as we've heard. I think Jake Fisher was on this show telling you about this uh, a few months back about how like a lot of execs around the league think the the Raptors a lot of times front office will just call other teams and just kind of waste their time <laughs> like just explore what the framework of a deal would be and then just say hey man 
We're just we'll get back to you on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. The rappers are just at the bar flirting with other men's <laughs> wives and just testing to see how much how strong a marriage is. Like, don't is, you don't, is that what's happening? Don't, don't you feel like like the Raptors are always interested in talking about these deals, but it never feels like they're imminent at all. Like, and, and I think the big thing and media day and training camp is, is coming up like really soon. Like, I mean, Pascal's going to be asked all those questions. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. I think whether, you know, Messiah or Bobby that are going to be there, you know, talking to reporters on media day, like this has to be the biggest story to, to open up training camp, right? Oh, yeah, like for sure. For the, sure. the extension that, you know, reportedly has not been offered to Pascal. Like, what is the situation? What is the relationship between the, the two sides? Like, it just seems like everything is so up in the air mm. um, between them right now. And this, this is going to be a huge deal heading into heading into the season. Yeah, and dare I say it might be a distraction. I, I would, I mean, I, I would just like for it to be taken care of either way. You know what I mean? Like it, it needs to be done either the extension or the trade. But just like going into the season once again with just sort of this whole thing f- hanging in the air and potentially going to the trade deadline and the flexibility and all that. And like, it, it's not appealing to me that Pascal Siakam might hit unrestricted free agency and potentially the Raptors. Like this would be much, much worse than the than the Fred move. Because I, I'm thinking about it more in terms of the Fred move. It's like, all right, so you te- he technically left for nothing, but it did open up at least the your exceptions. And so they were able to sign Dennis Schroeder and, and Jalen McDaniels. So it's technically... Very exciting. I, I <laughs> Very know. exciting duel. But it's like, technically, they were that that is sort of like the, sure. the, the trade. The it's trade not an official off. Yeah, trade, that's but a trade that's off. a trade-off, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, by the way, I, I, I got to ask Jalen McDaniels next time what the Hornets rock locker room was like the last couple of years. Yeah, so we were talking about this off oh, air the man. other day. No, who, I, I, I who was, know, wasn't man. Kai Jones going at his like teammates on what? IG Yo, he's <laughs> saying like, Nick Richards can't go left? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Hornets are not a real, real organization. No, no there's no way, man. Yeah. Meanwhile, Car- you know, LaMelo going uh, 55 in a 54. <laughs> no, he going 500 in a 54, curving out of that stadium. Yo, honestly, yeah, oh, and then obviously man. you have the actual more serious allegations and not even allegations, just like, this is the, the Hornets just despicable franchise. Period. Oh yeah, just a despicable Miller. Franchise. Yeah, there's there's a lot, and and somehow Mitch Kupchak is still their general manager, right? Yeah, Mitch Kupchak. Mitch is, Kupchak of season four of winning time. <laughs> yeah, he, he's on winning time, and he also on losing time because <laughs> yeah, both ends that of the guy's spectrum. A time traveler, man. <laughs> yeah. He's in the seventies and he's in twenty twenty three. I'm like, well, give it up, bro. Give it up, man. Stop. Yeah, but, like, but you were saying, you know, with Fred, there's a yeah. bit of a trade off. Yeah, but with, with pa- Pascal going to free agency, there, that is not the same thing, man. You wouldn't the first time you wouldn't have those exceptions, and second of all, like yeah, like you would not be able to recoup that kind of value. So again, you 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 make that trade now, or you sign, you extend them. Like that's yeah, I don't. I, I, we've I, been I, talking about it all summer. Like I, I, it's fine. Like the NBA can go on a break, and we can keep talking about it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to have the action during that break. The break is soon over. Like a lot of teams have already had players come back into the city, train in the city. Um, you know, and, and so once that's happening, like I expect a lot more, you know, deals, you know, if they are to be made, to be made in sort of this specific time, especially with with regards to extensions, because you have them literally back in your building again. Yeah. And I think, too, like with Darko Ryakovich, um, who's currently under litigation um, coming in. 
By Adam as, Silver said no comment, basically. Oh yeah, he was asked about this. I, I was I was hoping for Adam to be like, yeah, you know, you know, I guess that he was he was never gonna come out and be like, yeah, the Knicks are are, are, are in the wrong. But yeah. him giving no comment, I was like, oh, I guess there's no relief for me either. So. You know what? Adam Silver continues to be in his flop era. Um, I mean, but he technically is a lawyer too, so that's right. He does know how to handle this stuff. But I think with Darko coming in and so many questions about you know what the future of this team is, you just want to know whether Pascal is part of this team long-term, right? Like I just I mean, think, how do you even prepare for the season if you're Darko? Exactly. Not knowing if he's going to be here long-term. Exactly. And it's such... He's your biggest player. You just can't live in this like middle ground and, and not have an answer of like what Pascal on the team um, is going to be going forward. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm hopeful they, they figure something out. But yeah, I mean, time, like you mentioned, like the time's coming up on, on training camp. So I don't know, man. You think... I personally, you on think the record, anything's going to happen? I, I, I you would think, like for him to get extended. Yeah. I mean, same here, but yeah, I don't know. The Raptors love to, the Raptors are the new Daryl Morey, man. They they love to, they're not afraid to be uncomfortable, you know? Yo, all we're doing is flirting, man. <laughs> we're just, we're just flirting. Like they should set up like a Tinder app, but for NBA trades. So you're saying our, our sponsorship patch should be Bumble. Yeah. In, yeah. Instead of the Clippers. I, I actually agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you oh. need the Raptors' consent to actually go forward with a trade. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise they just, just hit on you. I love the idea of Bobby just loving to get on phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby like twirling the phone uh, wire in his hand, being like, "Yeah, okay." And oh, uh, he's available. Okay. Oh man! Shouts to the shouts to the soon thirty nine boys. <laughs> he, li- he likes gossip. That's what he likes. Oh man! Um, yeah. Anything uh, else to add on this Pascal Siakam news item? Yeah, I mean, look. I kind of doubt that this trade would happen, especially because they've had these discussions, you know, from before the draft to the draft to free agency as well. So if it hasn't happened by this point, I mean, I feel like teams got to eventually move forward and just try to set up their team. You know, um, there is that. I mean, like people have pointed this out in the past, but Bogdanovich becomes trade available in like the next like two or three days. Who knows? Maybe he, he, he frees up sort of different possibilities with the trade, but I mean, yeah, uh, if, if something does happen, I, I hope it does happen soon because I, I just want I want clarity. I, I don't want I don't just want like one specific option. I also want clarity in this whole situation. You know what I mean? Like, what are we supposed to expect as fans coming into the season? Like, are we going to have a competitive team? Is it going to be a rebuilding team? Are we going to have you know number one option? Is it going to be a kind of free for all? And like maybe who, who, who's, who knows what happens? Like, it just seems a little too disorganized coming into the year, you know, and um, I'm not saying make a bad trade just for clarity, but um I think clarity is quite important. Yeah. Did you see uh, David Aldridge of The Athletic? I think pick Scotty Barnes as his breakout player. Yeah. Says that he's ready to become a superstar. Okay. Yeah. That's great. I, I, I like hearing that. I mean, look, there's, he's like, what, one rookie of the year two years ago, kind of set at the same level. And mm-hmm. so you're hoping that, especially if Aldridge is trying to make a prediction, essentially, that Pascal gets moved. Um, then there's more opportunity, and who knows if, if you know Scotty could potentially be in line to take care of that opportunity. I mean, to me, I, I, I did. Did you read the piece that, that Aldridge put out? Yeah, I read some of it. Okay, yeah. I mean, it, it's prediction season. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. Have you been involved in like making some predictions? You know, some preseason panels. Like a, a guy sent you an email, and you're like, you gotta send yeah, back sure. like 50 words. 
sure. kind of kind of deals. Like I, sometimes you just got that much yeah. thought in everything that happens. Yeah, you, you got I mean? you got to like, pick a person type. Yeah. You know, but I would love it if Pas- if if uh, if Scotty were the breakout player for the season, uh, yeah. with or without Pascal on the roster, because that's the biggest make or break of the season. Listen, man, we're trying with the Raptors news, but hey, we got we have we uh, have more. You have more. Yeah, a little bit more. Uh, Jeff Down Jr. update. Your boy. That everybody has been waiting on. You know, haven't seen him recently in my walks around the, the CN Tower. Wow. But, uh, That's so, tough. Big news from Alex Wong Jarnowski. <laughs> Alex Wong Jarnowski <laughs> ran into Jeff Down. Yeah, you didn't see, you didn't see him Jeff walking. Down likes to walk around the CN Tower at 8 p.m. Spotted him there wow. once this in guy, the summer. This guy going to the rec room so he can we, get more shots we, up. We need, a bomb, we need a Wong Jarnowski bomb drop. It. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, the Delaware Blue Coats, mm. the G League affiliate of so patriotic the Philadelphia My God. 76ers, the Delaware Blue Coats, acquired the returning like player rights to Jeff Down Jr. Yeah. in exchange for Mac McClung. Mm. So um, this was like a trade between the uh, Philadelphia G League affiliate and the Orlando G League affiliate. We did some quick research before coming on air, like... Uh, the Raptors basically still own his rights, but if he goes to the G League, he would be going to to Delaware. Yeah. Um. So the reason he played on the Raptors last year is the Raptors signed him to a two way deal. Mm. Um. But his G League rights were always retained by the Lakeland Magic, who. Um, another great name. <laughs> uh, yeah, another great name. Shout out to Anthony Parker, the GM of the Lakeland Magic. Oh wow. Okay. Um. Had a I was able to interview him at the uh, G League showcase in Mississauga back in 2018. Oh, is this when we went to watch Joe Chi? That was when we had courtside seats to watch Joe Chi versus, yeah. I think, Bruno. Um, oh, man. By the way, one of the standout players of that whole thing, Alex Caruso. And I was like, some team should sign Alex Caruso. Oh, wow. He was a G Leaguer at the time. He was dominating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. On both ends. Okay. Um, you know, but in, in any case. Um, yeah. So this is a situation where. Philadelphia is acquiring his his G League rights now. I think what's interesting to me is so again, like if the Raptors keep to choose to keep him, they choose to keep him. However, as we pointed out after Garrett Temple got signed, the Raptors have 15 guaranteed roster spots. And yes, that's right, everybody. A reminder that Garrett Temple is officially a member of the Raptors. Okay, I, <laughs> I know, I know you kind of stumbled. Like, <laughs> yeah, huh? and a reminder that the Raptors have 15 NBA players. <laughs> that, that's 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 absolutely correct. We have 15 uh nba caliber players nba caliber players we have 15 guaranteed contracts and Mm so i wasn't entirely sure where jeff down was gonna get in i mean if you're jeff down again we keep joking about this not in a malicious way just in like a it's kind of ridiculous but he had zero dollars guaranteed on his contract yeah he's a new agent zero right now what is like actually his agent is a zero (laughs) because what is his agent doing you can't get him a better deal than zero dollars guaranteed yeah, and it seemed like the Raptors like they got him a gym <laughs> membership at OVO. That's all he got in the contract. Yeah, and it seemed like I mean I think I think especially when Nick was here, um, like I think Nick took a liking to to Jeff Down Jr. Um, you know, obviously he he's not here Did anymore. He, he didn't play him much. <laughs> what do you mean he liked him? I don't know, man. I just don't. He put him on uh, Jaden Ivy one oh. play one time in November. <laughs> Like, I don't know. that, that That's what being liked by Nick Nurse looks like. Then. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to put some positive spin no, on Jeff fair. Down Jr. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, especially because, because I know it's been tough because, like, you know, they didn't sign him to be part of the play-in tournament uh, towards the end of the season. I'm just saying, take a like, hit, Jeff Down Jr. Take a hit, man. Oh, man. There's, there's just I no don't want to be so harsh on my guy, man. But, but I, I just, look, I mean, look, it, it's not ultimately that big of a deal in the sense that, especially if the Raptors decided, hey, look, we want to look at some other um, point guard prospects instead. 
because they did bring in, you know, Javon Freeberly, Liberty Freeman, who, by the way, should no, very much one. be playing for the Delaware Bluecoats. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> yeah, he, if Liberty Freeman was looked, playing on the Bluecoats. Yeah, he would fit perfectly. No, that's amazing. Um, but we also brought in Marquis Chris. Like, if they want to look at these other two point guard prospects who are younger, who have more offensive upside than Jeff Down. Yeah. Um, did you just call Marquis Noel Marquis Chris? <laughs> did, did I? <laughs> My bad. Yeah, let's lock in. My bad. Serge is coming up this later guy, on the podcast. Yeah, Serge too, so. is also coming but up. Like as a topic, not as like not as a person. So. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, if that's so what do they you want think, to do, do you then think Jeff? Do you think Jeff has a realistic shot? At I think a Jeff can be an NBA, the Raptors. He can be an NBA contributor, probably as a third stringer mm-hmm. for a winning program. Maybe as a backup for a losing program. Um, so, <laughs> this guy said he might be a sh- future Charlotte Hornet. Is uh, what no, you're saying? No, no, no. His rap sheet is too clean for that, man. Come on, no, man. no, man. No, the, you know what? The Hornets need Sing Sing. Right? They need the RTA. <laughs> Come on, man. God damn. <laughs> they need BTA, man. They, or they need they need oh, RTB, I don't know. man. Rehabilitation through basketball. I'm just always uh, gonna laugh they need at Coach all. Carter. Coach that team. I'm always gonna laugh at just all the Jeff Down propaganda that was happening no i mean towards the end of yeah. last season like he's a competent enough basketball player i mean we made it to be i, I think roster. it was made into a, a massive deal but i i think for the time there wasn't very much going on and that felt really you know positive about the program and he was one of the positive development program or pieces from the year last year and to see that that wasn't retained in a year where the raptors really struggled to have any progress with player development that's where the frustrations are coming from. I think it was more emblematic of like what he represented in terms of the overall problem rather than just like Jeff Down was this massive deal. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, he, he could play a role somewhere. Um, it's not going to be like that big of a role, especially not immediately. But, you know, he, he's good enough and he seemed like a really nice guy, you know. So um, if he doesn't make the roster with the Raptors, which I'm not really sure how that would happen because the Raptors would need to cut somebody guaranteed to do that. Uh, and they got Malachi Flynn too. You didn't even mention Malachi too, right? Well, Malachi got a guaranteed deal, and so he he's ha- there. He had his option picked up earlier or last season as well. So, you know, I mean, again, sometimes actions speak louder or tell you just exactly what's going on. And and the Raptors keep choosing Malachi, and they keep not choosing Jeff Down. Yeah, I just hope we're not going to have to spend that much time talking about these backup options. But yeah, I, I feel mean, like we're, I feel like we're heading there though. Yeah, I mean, in camp. Oh, man. I mean, this is what a lot of, like, I mean, he's going to come to camp. He's going to go through all the activities. We'll see him. And, you know, if he beats out, you know, Liberty he's Freeman. He's going to go through all the activities. He's going to go through yeah. all. He's going to participate in drills. Oh, man. Oh, $0 man. guaranteed, though. I, I, again, I just never seen an agent sign a player to a $0 guarantee, man. Yeah, damn. Yeah. All right. So that's really it for Raptors news. All right. What, unless, about, what about the rest of the league? Unless you have anything else. So Giannis was on Giannis has been doing all these different podcasts that like I have never heard of he was on the 48 minutes yo podcast I don't want to be rude to that podcast but who is he talking to (laughs) no I'm just saying wait who's the number one reporter in Milwaukee Eric Um, Nem yeah why wasn't this like a Eric Nem I'm not I'm not I'm not really sure Eric might be you know busy or something but and and no disrespect to the show, like I just mean that like a player of Giannis's caliber, right? Like, right. let's say like, like we're talking about two time MVP status in the league is so big, yeah, global star. Like, would LeBron just hop on like, uh, no offense to even us, but like the local radio station? You know what I mean? Like, he's there's a little production. Yeah. He's in like this like big name kind of thing. He's in a situation where he can be really controlled in the sense that he has the, you know, 
it's set up with the host that, you know, these are going to be the questions ahead of time and you can prepare. You know how this this stuff goes, especially yeah. for the very, very top guys. So for Giannis to just go on, it, it was a Zoom call. It was a four-way Zoom. I, 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 I mean, you know what? if that's, you haven't seen the clip, it's it's a Zoom call. That's why he's the most humble superstar in the league, you know? I, I mean, I guess. I mean, he was also calling him from Greece. But again, my point is there was not much production put into this. Yeah. Uh, but wow, we're, honest, just, we're really just out to... here criticizing other pods right now. I mean, yeah. Fair, I respect that. To be fair, we're, we're just sitting in the dark, so we're not much better at this. Yeah, so Giannis, like we talked about early in the summer, started to soft launch a potential exit from Milwaukee in a New York Times interview. And then on the 48 Minutes podcast... You know, he said, quote, I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. If there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien trophy, I have to take that better situation. Yeah. So Giannis continues to, uh, you know, he continues plant the seed. Yeah, he's he's definitely planted his. I mean, look, I I think for you could see it as two ways. I mean, I I can't really fault him for this at all. You know what I mean? But um, I, I think for Giannis, like. He's clearly setting up these interviews or accepting these interviews because again, these guys get requests all the time, and he's he's accepting these requests and he's repeating sort of this sort of mantra and he's sort of putting that out there. And I'm not I'm not sure what the Milwaukee Bucks have necessarily done to show him that they're not serious about winning, right? They've paid the luxury tax, they have uh, traded all their future prospects for guys who are win now guys. That's par- partly why their like their future looks really bleak because. They don't have many prospects because they've traded them all um, for vets like Drew Holiday, for vets like, you know, um, Brooke Lopez. Well, I guess they they, they, they signed him. Uh, Chris Middleton, like th- these are the kind of guys that they've had in, you know, Bobby Portis. The whole team is like 30 and up. You know what I mean? They're the, they're the 39 boys soon enough. So, you know, it's not like they're not trying to win. They even fired Mike Budenholzer. Uh, and brought in Adrian Griffin. So I'm not necessarily sure what the Milwaukee Bucks can necessarily do this year other than play out the season and try to get as far as they can, and hopefully that's enough for Giannis. But it does kind of seem like Giannis wants to look around, wants to see what the situations are. So, And you got to know, like especially players of his caliber, this close to free agency, like, teams are hollering at him like nonstop. They're like, hey, we can do this, we can do this. I'm sure star players are kind of trying to say, do the same thing as well. So, um, yeah, and it seems like for the first time he's like actually inviting that stuff. And I think, yeah, I think the thing too, like you mentioned, it's like I'm actually not sure. It's like I understand that he's trying to put pressure on the Bucks and and make sure they're you know just continue on this path to try to compete. But it's like, but what do they not do though? Yeah, well, number one, like it's like you know they've re-signed all the guys that they've needed to, like you mentioned, Chris right. Middleton and Brooke Lopez, and also like I'm not even sure if you're putting pressure on that front office, like what moves are there really mm. for them to, to, to make, to really improve this core group? Like outside of like, I know drew holiday is going to be up for an extension, but he's also talked about wanting to retire at the end of his contract. Like you look at the way that the team is structured. Like, I'm not sure there's really like, it's not like there's a move out there that they can make. Like the roster seems pretty locked in. Right. And this is what they're going to compete with. So, but I mean, I don't know, man, I still think like, I know they had a really disappointing finish last season, but you know, that's still going to be one of the best teams in the league because they have Giannis and they're going to be competing for titles. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think it's pretty clear what the situation is going to be in Milwaukee for, for Giannis. And if he signs a new contract, maybe they're going to have to retool the team. And, you know, it just depends on if he has a willingness to like wait a year or two 
Wilde, maybe rebuild the roster around him. I think there's another question. they can't question. even really rebuild the roster Yeah, but I think the other thing is like, can they he... They only have old guys. So that yeah. You can only trade old guys for old guys. I think the other thing is like, once there is cap space that might open up, like if Drew retires or you make moves, you know, subtract some players on the team, like, is there someone who's going to be willing to come to Milwaukee to join Giannis, right? And does Giannis strike you as having a lot of like NBA connections, like friends? You no, know, but there's he, certain players it, are like clearly very in yeah. Because he was saying in the same interview that he doesn't like to work out with some of the active players in the league. Like he says, okay. he says it's just not something. Like he doesn't want to be all like friendly with them. Like so in who's the recruiting offseason. Giannis like that. Then? Yeah, because like I know it was reported recently that he started working out with um, Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. Like this off season and stuff. Right. Um, and then he talked about just like, oh, like, cause you don't see him a lot out at these like different runs that you see you in the off season. I can't imagine. I don't remember a single to, one. To be honest, all jokes aside with Thanasis, like he's always working out with his brothers. Like right. Giannis is always just working out with his brothers. And he, he, he's Diesel. We already <laughs> talked about this. Man. Yeah, but it's like another gym membership. Another gym membership NBA player. Thanasis Antetokounmpo. You know what? NBA players hey man, might Thanasis be... <laughs> said he got an offer from the Knicks, all right? NBA players might be running a racket, man. All they do is get podcast equipment and gym memberships. Think about how many NBA players use the practice facilities to record pods. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've seen JJ Redick and those guys come in to, like, OVO Athletic Center. I'm telling you. And just you, take over the room. The next thing the next thing for these NBA franchises to do is to build uh, studios in, in their practice that, facilities, That's going to be the recruiting strategy. <laughs> Oh, Honestly, you, you, we, we're laughing about this, but I actually think that that's really happening. You know what? I'm actually not putting it past you, yeah. but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think the situation is as clear in Milwaukee. It reminds me a lot of like when LeBron was in Cleveland the first time, yeah. like he was trying so hard to like get just one star to join him in Cleveland and you know, nobody was willing to make that commitment. Well, I, I mean, remember no one's really going to just go to Milwaukee though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But it's a little the, tough. That's the tough part, right? I think that's the reality of it. Like Milwaukee's obviously had a great run of success um, in this Giannis era, but this is a great reminder that like, you know, it still matters kind of, you know, what city you're in, in the NBA when it just comes to attracting free agents. Mm -hmm. And like more likely than not, the outcome is going to be Giannis leaving to join another superstar somewhere else versus um, the other way around. Where do you want to see him go then? I don't know. We talked about this before. Uh, Words would actually be sick. I, yeah, I've landed on Golden State. Yeah, I think Golden State would be really cool. I think that would be such a great last chapter for like Steph's career as well, to like yeah, yeah, go through sure. this entire era. And I think the superstars rarely land another superstar late in their career like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's yeah. I mean, and, and if they do, it's like a very orchestrated move, like LeBron getting like AD to join him in LA. Right. Yeah. So I think that'll be, be bigger than that. That'd be really exciting. And, you know, it would definitely up the soju usage um, from our guy. Andy. Oh, Luke, my the goodness, man. I, I'd actually be concerned about Andy if if he got Giannis, too, man. He's going to be like, he got Katie he's going like, hashtag freak better. Oh, <laughs> hashtag freak better is going to be hard. Oh, man. man. Freak better. That, yeah. Freak better is going to be sick. Sounds like a title of a K-pop song, actually. <laughs> but like. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Golden State just from like a basketball fan I mean, standpoint. Like, it's it's hard to construct a trade, I would suppose, just because like what are their young assets to trade? You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. not just going to be like, hey, we're giving you uh, Jonathan Kaminga and yeah. um, and Draymond. Well, I think I think he's just gonna. I mean, this will be a free agency move. I'm guessing. It's like okay. whenever Clay's contract is up, I don't know. Like they might they might just retool the roster. Well, they they all signed. Long, everybody signed long term. The main guys, right? So yeah. it's you tricky. can always yeah you can make trades and move Wiggins. off. 
Yeah, but like yeah. I don't know. Like I think Steph and Giannis would be, would be super cool. Giannis and Luca is another one. Mm. Imagine if Kyrie ends up going to Milwaukee. Giannis and Luca would be kind of sick. I, I I do like the idea, especially even seeing the World Cup and even just seeing the sort of like fervor. It's like I actually do want to see like USA versus the world. Like I want to see mm. a world team try to win it in the NBA. And I suppose like even like the Nuggets, that kind of was that right. Their top two players were Serbian and Canadian. Um, so that already kind of felt like it, but I think this would be like such a statement move if Giannis went to join Luca. Um, and I have no idea how you would stop a team like that. You know what I mean? But again, Dallas is another team that is kind of asset deficient, you know? Yeah. But this is clearly like, we've gone through these eras of like LeBron heading to free agency multiple times when Katie was heading to free agency. Like this is going to be the big story, like for the next year. Well, if he pulled the heel move, he would be joining Miami. Cause that's the team that got beaten. Mm. That's like the KD joining the Warriors from, yeah. from OKC kind of man, situation. I could see him on Miami too, man. That I could see every star guy in Miami though. That's the thing. Yeah. Know? Plus like he, he like, I think the personality would fit too. Like, you know, Giannis is like the hardworking immigrant and we've established that like he culture is just like immigrant culture. Yeah. Like you just work hard and like you get Spo, you know, Spo with Giannis and Jimmy Butler and like three guys that they found on the street that <laughs> somehow know. become like rotation Yo, players. I swear to God, Jeff Down's going to Jeff how... Down's going to be starting oh, a point my... guard for that squad, Goodness, man. man. He's going to be the next like Caleb Martin for them. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. You know what? That's that's Jeff Down's like destiny. He's going to head to Miami and become a Heat culture guy. And then we're going to be like, how do we not develop him? Yeah. He's, he's the next Utah. No, definitely, man. He's Utah without Rodman. You know? Man, why did we get rid of Utah anyways? Shouts to uh, Takashi. We just, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know Nick what? just kept saying he kept getting injured. Next time we got to talk to true, talk but... to Bobby about that. Yeah, I feel like we let, let, a, let a lot of like just like good talent out the door. Um, yeah. Name them. Anyways, uh, Giannis <laughs> also spoke. See, I don't know. Do you care this much about, uh, we mentioned this last time briefly, like the, the whole like uh, our NBA champions, world champions, this whole discourse that's been happening. I, I think is it interesting to you? You know, um, it reminds it. It's so kind of like mind numbing, and it's it's, it's a so, reminder it, it's that so America. Irrelevant. It's a it's a reminder that America thinks the world is just America. Yeah. Yeah. Look, listen. I mean, I don't I don't know how much how long it'll take for American exceptionalism to die, but it probably won't ever die. I mean, like, there's even British exceptionalism, and uh, that's clearly not been the case for at least like forty years of world history. Um, so it does take time for these former empires to sort of really get rid of this mindset. But I, I do think that, like, yeah, in, in this case, like, it, it reminds me of when OG was was teasing Surge, you know, like, you know, your, your favorite or your best, the best or the favorite, your favorite or the best. Mm. Like, it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, like obviously, the best talent plays in the NBA and that I really would struggle to see any team in the world coming in and beating the NBA champions in the Denver Nuggets. Like I really s- struggle to see another club team. No, anytime do that. you mention Denver Nuggets, you have to do the Mark Jackson voice, man. <laughs> I apologize to Nikola Jokic. <laughs> I apologize to the Denver Nuggets. Actually, what, what's Mark Jackson going to be doing? Because they 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 shuffled up the booth. Oh, that's they let right. Him go. They let Mark him, let... Jackson's gone. Jeff Van Gundy's gone. Yeah, what's the booth now? It's like Doc Rivers. Yeah, Doris, Doris Burke. Burke. JJ Redick. I is believe is Mike Breen's got to still be there. Mike though, Breen's right? still there, obviously. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure, but we're gonna be getting a lot of Doc Rivers. Doc, man, this can season. Doc Rivers' voice recover? 
Because <laughs> if we have to hear that on the broadcast, the whole like f- like three hour experience. Yo, low like, key though, Doc. Like twenty years ago, was a really good like TV guy. Yeah, no, I, uh, he had his voice back then. He wasn't coaching <laughs> as much. You know what? That's facts. Uh, no, but I get what you're saying about like yeah, the world yeah. champion thing. But I, it was really surprising to me. Like, but when, that, when, you don't need to call yourself world champions. By the yeah. way, the Raptors banner says world champions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're gonna make an exception for that. Um, that's Raptors exceptionalism. I. I yeah. But you know, we had that for like two years, a solid two years, and now we're we're uh, back to the Raptors reality, back in the dumps. Um, but I think you know when when Noah Lyles, who who I guess uh, according to you is like a really famous track runner. I mean, not really perhaps famous, the best but in the world. Isn't he the world champion? And <laughs> yeah, running? W- when he 100? made those initial comments about how like oh you know they're actually competing against the world and like you know it's it's funny to him that NBA players call themselves world champions. Like it, it just goes back to the Amer- American like exceptionalism that he talked that you talked about, like these NBA players came out and were just so offended by those comments when I just thought like Noah was actually making like a pretty reasonable well, no point. No one was saying anything about he like the NBA trying, players aren't the best. Yeah, he the wasn't NBA trying to make league. it personal. I think he was just making a point about the competition. That, like he's facing the world competition yeah, yeah. where NBA players are, even though they're playing the best in the world, it's an American league. And, you know, KD and all these guys were, like, going really hard at him. And then Giannis this week. Well, my favorite thing was Aaron Gordon was like, I'll smoke him in a race. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right, Aaron relax, Gordon, man. who congratulations on winning the NBA championship, where's the number 50 because of a reminder that he didn't get 50 in the dunk contest? Like, no so, allows, so, his so just consider the source. 9.83 for 100 meters. Yeah, okay, okay. So I got to put some respect on his name. Bro. There's no way Aaron Gordon's faster than you. Tell me, bro. We're not even having this discussion. Okay, all right, good. No, like, come on. Or like in 200, it's 19.3. No, come on. Like, come on, guys. Also, also, we know, like, you know what, what, what's legal in Denver? I don't know if Aaron Gordon was in Denver when he dropped that comment, but hey, he might have been medicated at the time. That's fair. That's fair. But like, because when I'm medicated, I also think I can do a lot of things in this world. No, that's fair. That's probably why you decided to run a marathon. Oh God. Uh, Yeah, I've run two in my life. Uh, Actually, both half. Marathons. Let's let's clarify. Wait, wait, hold on. There were both half marathons. Yeah, yeah. We have to respect. We have what? to respect actual full marathoners. Oh, no. Nah, they were is, half marathons. This is, this is crazy. Yeah, they what? were half marathons. Why were you lying like I this? Said, well, did I say full marathon? Yeah, you said I you ran two thought, marathons. I, well, like, and I you just said thought, you ran them in five hours, which I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair if you ran no, a whole no, no, marathon. No, I ran the half marathon in like three hours, oh, which okay, is still okay. like pretty bad. No, that's fine. That's fine. I should bring I should wear my Scotiabank uh, marathon medal, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a yeah. nice medal. All right. Um, nice Speaking of so this, yeah, Noah Lyles is the bronze medalist um, in 200 meters in the reigning Olympics of 2020 mm. in Tokyo, and a six-time world champion, having won the 200 meter and four by 100 meter at the 2019 World Championships, the 200 meter at the 2022 World Championships, and the 100, 200, and four by 100 events at the 2023 World Champions, okay, becoming the so- first man since Usain Bolt to in 2015 to compete. The sprint trouble. Okay, so the he's... The sprint trouble? <laughs> Damn. No, so, right. so he's... hard. The sprint trouble. He's got sick. a pretty decorated career, so... Yeah, yeah, Apologize to Noah. I wasn't familiar with your but, game. But, I mean, to his credit, though, like, he is actually competing against people all over the world in the same event. But I think the NBA player's case is that all the best players come to the NBA to compete in the first place. Sure. So you could technically say that that's, like, the best talent yeah, I of just, the world. But at yeah. the same time, there's just no need to extend yourself to the world thing. Like, especially the World Series in baseball. I'm like... Bro, like maybe 20 countries in the world actively play baseball like that. Like, so what are you really the championships of? You know what I mean? So there's just no need to extend yourself. I don't yeah. I don't really see why NBA champions is insufficient. Yeah. You know, that's, I, that's all. It's like a semantics thing. I, I, it I is mean, totally a semantics thing. People which is just such get a, so thing too. worked up about it. But Giannis, um, you know, continuing on the 48 minutes podcast, 
was asked about this and he said he wanted to back up Noah Lyles' comments so bad. He said, quote, he received so much backlash for saying the obvious. I don't think in any other sport you're called the world champions in soccer, which is way bigger than the NBA, more popular than the NBA. Mm -hmm. The UEFA Champions League champions don't say they're the world champions. No, they're, they're European champions. Right. Like they're, that's the European championship. And weirdly enough, there is a second competition, the the, the world, like um, the club World Cup, where it's like the best, the champions of each league then play each other because the Champions League is just like European teams. Right. So they'll be like, but I mean, I don't know. I, that's a way less significant thing, but more as like if you win the World Cup, that to me feels like you've actually beaten all the best teams in the world. I don't know. This is just this is a stupid topic. It really it is, is a but very stupid topic. It's a classic, but it was classic, classically made, like you said, for the off season. I, yeah, but it also again, this this does reveal like in in in, a, in the grander scheme, like this is like the American mentality. Like, what do you mean we're not the best? We're the best, and it's like, oh, okay, no, exactly. Like, all right, man, like. But all this, uh, it's so funny to I'm me. I'm just telling you, no other, world, no other country in the world feels like or thinks that thought actively no, all the time. No, exactly. Without actual. It's crazy to me because like Noah Lyles, the American, like he really touched a nerve. Like he really yeah. touched a nerve saying this stuff. And it just shows the other side of like how Americans see themselves. But like, so the funniest, actually the funniest subplot of this, like, uh, so Evan Turner, the uh, former NBA player. Um, now turn a uh, podcaster. That's right. That's right. Tweeted the next day after all these comments came out from Giannis on Twitter. He wrote, ain't nobody coming to Milwaukee to work out with you and your brother. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually kind of hilarious. But where is this coming from? Yeah. He <laughs> like, really came out of nowhere, so, man. Why are we so angry about all this? This is what we do online though. Also, like we can't have retired players slash podcaster beef with like an active superstar. Like what? What are we? We, we doing? are kind of in a society where there are too many podcasts, I, and I understand how ironic it is that we're literally saying this on a podcast. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th this is what happens when you have tons of podcasts. Man, people look for beasts and they try to like you know chime in and and get this kind of engagement. And I'm not saying that that's the only way podcasts grow, but it definitely helps to add to your metrics. And when you're going down the line in terms of what kind of deals you sign, you can say that hey, I'm relevant in this, this, and this. Does that actually genuinely? First off, but like. First of all, I mean, how much how much content do you want to consume that isn't genuine? And then also, how much content do you want to consume that is, um, like, made to be antagonistic mm -hmm. rather than just having, like, a genuine discussion? Right. There's people who play roles on these shows, right? Like, they, yeah, they play a character. And, and it works. Like, you look at, like, what Kendrick Perkins has been able to do, um, you know, since retirement, and he's really mm -hmm. been able to get into the media, you know, make these kind of big statements and whether he believes it or not, who knows, but it definitely draws this like big reaction. And that leads to even with ESPN laying off a lot of people, he was one of the ones that were kind of promoted and all that kind of thing. Well, you think of the influence too, like Kendrick yeah. last year, Perk was one of the guys who like, I mean, he was the guy who brought up like the race card when it came to like the Jokic and beat MVP race mm. on like ESPN. And like that really swung Did the conversation back. Just, I mean, I'm just curious. I'm not I'm, even saying he didn't have a point. I didn't I'm just follow saying, it that closely, but I know him and JJ were going back and forth about it. But that really right. swung the conversation. But why do we need to turn like ESPN into like a Fox News into like a CNN style debate where we're just having talking heads yelling? At each but other I think it just goes back to what you topics said. Topics that actually don't touch the core yeah. Of the issue. I think it goes back to what you said though. It's just like the demand for content, right? Like these guys are on like. But what is con what is con like what kind of content are we looking at? Are we looking at people genuinely trying to exchange ideas and maybe coming from different? Uh, viewpoints and then discussing and debating those merits of the viewpoints or are we coming out of a position where people are trying to manufacture and create like 
purposely like inf- inflammatory angles and directions that is probably not genuine or it's definitely not 100% genuine like why are we choosing to consume that as a, as as pr- consumers you i think a mean? lot like, of people i think a lot of people are driven um t- especially these content creators like at the ESPNs and stuff like they are driven to like go to the most extreme right like pick the yeah, most sure. extreme arguments yeah. Because, like, that's what's going to drive the engagement and stuff. But why, as consumers, why are we engaging with it? People love being part of a conversation. Okay. Like, right. I, th- I think... Even if it's a dumb one. I guess, listen, that's, I don't, I guess that's what the Noel Owls thing really no, was. No, listen, like, like I'm, I'm... It's not a relevant yeah. topic. It no, doesn't I'm even No, I'm completely with all, you. Because, like, yeah. that's... I didn't even, like... All I saw on, on X for, like, the last, like, few weeks was just, like, everybody chiming in about this, like, world champion. Yeah. And it did become a great meme when the USA kept losing. Though. <laughs> but I'm also like, I just, I didn't understand what we're arguing towards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why is this, what is this argument even about? We're just about? bored, man. We're just bored. We can't just like take the summer off of sports. We can't just be like, all right, I'm going to watch something else. I'm, I can't just like, no, but it's like pivot over to, you know, US Open. But, but shots of Coco Golf, I, I watched like three of the matches. Yo, I love tennis, it was, man. It was a great Shouts run, to my man. guy, Ben Shelton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you watch Breakpoint on Netflix? No. So this is like the documentary series where they I follow stop for Netflix. I don't watch any of this stuff, man. <laughs> where they, especially because price of the brick is going up, man. It's um, a brick for sure. But they, so this is like what they did with like Drive to Survive for F one. Like yeah, they had right, cameras right. follow all the tennis players on the men's and women's side for like a whole season. So who were they following? Uh, like uh, Nick Curios. Um, who else did they follow? Man, I can't remember. Carlos Alcaraz was in a little bit of it as well. Okay. Uh, Ons Jabor on, on the women's side. Okay. So, like, they got really in-depth behind the scenes into just, like, a tennis player's life, like, the mental game, mm. like, a lot of behind the scenes. And that's really kind of got me, like, hooked back into, like, just watching tennis. Do we need this for basketball? No, well, you can't do this in basketball because, like, everybody just wants to self-produce their own image. Like, there's no... That's fair. Yeah, you're right. There's, like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, we talked about, Every like... player just wants to start up a media company. Like, you mentioned last yeah. time, like, the Team USA uh, Olympic team is already basically being made into a doc because LeBron wants to be there. Right. And LeBron yeah. wants to do, like, his own, like, last dance on, like, the global <sighs> stage. So, I think it's it's hard. It's hard in, like, the basketball space. I think in, in sports, kind of like a tennis, or even they've done it with golf or F1, you're able to tap into those spaces. Mm. But, like, yeah, I think Breakpoint's been really good to get, like, the audience back into tennis. So like yeah, okay. I was watching the U.S. Open every day, man. Oh wow! Yeah, no, huge, uh, huge tennis guy. You know, was chatting about we chatting about Big V. Yeah, chatting about tennis with V. Really? Eh? I was wow. just telling him like how much I actually appreciate like Novak jo- Novak Djokovic, like like just watching him play. Like this man is just on another level. Like oh, yeah, I really sure. appreciate. You know, it's like when you watch basketball, you watch sports. Like you just like you just appreciate greatness. Mm-hmm. Like hashtag you know strive for greatness type yep. to be able to know that you're watching like one of the best ever at the sport like Arguably i think the best ever yeah honestly. there's just yeah. something like really like mesmerizing about that yeah yeah well like i, I mean i think tennis in particular it, what, what really drew me in um especially with what coco's run was just like seeing everybody come at you with different styles you know some people come with like the big serve some people mm. like you know try to play like the the short game and like, yeah. be really aggressive coming up to that and the, uh, yeah and, and like the women's somebody, game is way way more diverse too it, i think it's a in lot that more way. tactical yeah because there's not yeah. like near, there's like i don't know uh, at least i'm, I'm not an expert on tennis at all but mm. from what i saw it was not oh. that many aces or anything like that man we need but, to get v on this man no but I, I appreciate sort of like different challengers with different styles coming at you and then mm-hmm. you're able to sort of parry and, and beat them 
and, and then eventually the one who's able to counter the most amount of people or the one whose game is the most imposing uh it is the one that's named champion at the end like that actually that feels really cool to me you know what i mean it's like having a I don't know. It's like when you watch those like kung fu movies where it's like you know kung you have fu again? this guy with like the nunchucks comes at you and you beat him off. Yeah, and then there's that? the next guy with the double swords comes at you. Is that, is that kung you. fu hustle again? Yeah, uh, what's going on? Yeah, you know what I mean. This guy with the force palm technique comes at you. You beat him as well. So it's like at the end you're like, okay, now I can really say that this guy is the kung fu master because he know, he can beat all the other styles. And I do like that about tennis. And no, I wish I, that basketball had a little bit of that too, which I think it kind of does. Like the World Cup, I felt more like stylistically distinct in terms yeah. of like this team coming at you with this style, this team coming at you with this style, this team's a three point heavy attack, this team is, you know, whatever. And, and ultimately, the team that wins at the end is the one that's able to play the most styles. Shouts to Germany. No, I think I think what you're getting to in tennis too, and I think you appreciate this in soccer too, because you're you're a footy guy. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's it's just like the tactical exchange between the two yeah, sides, yeah, exactly, right? It's like. Yeah. That's what I really appreciate about tennis. And I appreciate it more because like, obviously you're just out there by yourself mm. and to, like the momentum like really swings within like a tennis match. Right. Yeah. And very emotional. Yeah. Very and you can see, and you can see sure. like the body language yeah. um, and all this stuff, like just when the tide is turning and it's really interesting to see whether players can really snap out of it or not. And like some of that is obviously a mental game, but some of it, like you mentioned, it's just like acknowledging the different playing styles and how you're yeah. going to like counter. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's amazing. Like, one of the matches that was really cool was, like, when Djokovic, I think he was down, like, two sets in, like, the third round in the U.S. Open. Okay. And, like, at no point did you feel like he was going to lose. Like, he literally went to, like, I think the locker room to, like, take a five-minute break. And he said after after the second set, like, he just gave himself a pep talk in the mirror. Mm. And he was clearly better than this other <laughs> okay. player. He was that w- wiki how meme? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. You are going to go in there and make dude. it about yourself. <laughs> and then he just, like, cleared that other player. Yeah. It was, like, 6-1, 6-2, 6-3. Three. Like, at no point yeah. was there any drama, but it's like... No, I know V loving this right now. No, man. but that, but but that's v why... got a big smile that, on his face. That's why... That's why. His, toes, his, his toes are curling in the curly toe oh, slippers man, right now. Oh, man, his calves are tightening up right now. <laughs> 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 but like, but like, it's just like watching. But in that moment, I was just like, man, like we shouldn't underappreciate the fact that this guy's down two sets. And as like the best player in the world is the best player of all time is just able to come out here, clear a mental hurdle and just dominate. Yeah. Like to watch that stuff at the highest level is, is, is like incredible, man. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Tennis is popping right now, man. Salute to the Joker. <laughs> yes. Yo, honestly, we got we got two Serbians both named the Joker, oh, dominating yeah. both their sports. Like it's kind of sick, man. Yeah, they, they yeah. were celebrating together this week. Because how, Ser- how are yeah. the Serbians so good at every sport, man? It's, it's a very small really population impressive. there too. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they were because the Serbian basketball team was back celebrating, and Djokovic was with them as well. Oh, also, I've only only thing I've seen out of uh, Nikola Jokic all season or all off season mm. is him just drinking in Serbia. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Been, he's just chilling, man. He's just having the greatest summer in, no, in, in, in the Balkans, man. I think I think Jokic is like a work-life balance king. You know, how many cigarettes do you think he smoked in the last <laughs> oh, uh, three days? Oh man, how many packs? No, man? he's def- he's definitely Dart Simpson this offseason. Robert Pack to me, man. <laughs> Yo, how did they not go? How how did they? How did Garrett Temple not negotiate like a Dart exception <laughs> into into the new CBA, man? We got an apron, but we can't get a pack of darts, man. Come on, oh, man. Oh man. Uh anyways. How many people smoke you think actually? Uh I don't not, know. Not like man. not weed, like just like cigarettes. Oh, like uh, I f- whatever, weed, I feel like eighty percent. I feel like not that weed. much like, because like maybe maybe that, less but that 60. actually affects performance, right? 
like in a good or bad way like no like from a stamina standpoint <laughs> oh, okay, all right. like i think that actually yeah. like affects the performance so i would actually put it pretty low i would say like five to ten percent mm. i'd say it was i would say it was more like way higher in like the 80s or something like that like yeah there's been a lot of stories about vladi divac like he used to just like dart at halftime that's so sick <laughs> yeah. yeah this guy's going up against Shaq. That's like darting with the beat writers no, that, outside. Man. That's not enough of a battle, man. He's like, yeah. I believe in my grind so much, I asked my landlord to raise my rent. I, I, <laughs> Imagine yeah. having Shaq post up on you for like two quarters, and then you go dart while Rick Adam is drawing up plays in the locker room. He's smoking out that Shaquille pack, and he's smoking out the Marlboro pack, yeah. man. That's crazy. I, I mean, the better question is how many coaches dart. I feel like oh, a lot of yo, coaches probably like coach- get stressed and dart. You know? Yeah, actually, because every coach to me eventually looks like Carm in um <laughs> in the bear like that's actually what the uh, uh what's the same the, the coach in Atlanta uh Snyder Who, Quinn Snyder yeah, yeah Quinn Snyder looks like he's on he's, I mean he also looks the like same the, hair as he Carmi, also looks man. like a Gotham vil- villain as well man yeah. no but I think the darting is probably really high amongst amongst the coaches I want to say yeah, yeah they should, should they should just let coaches like dart and like have a beer on like the sidelines but I feel like they need it because they're all so stressed yeah. out man. I think like, that would that would fit the aesthetic in like baseball as well yeah like you want to see Darko darting yeah Darko be, yeah he, he better oh, be, yeah. He, he better be darting he's under litigation right now <laughs> yeah, oh, he's probably going through a pack a day right now uh, man. anyways uh we're gonna take a break we are when okay. we come back we're gonna talk about the nba's new uh player this player participation policy uh also we've got draymond green praising apple on twitter that's right, that's right. and we've we're gonna we have surge some surge ibaka news and then some uh, 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 Lee Van Osman food update from Spain. I did hear from him. Okay. And then a few assorted things. So right. we'll be back. We'll take a break. Uh, you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Wayne Luke. You can meet Joe, my producer and co-host, Alex Wong. Uh, Alex, what, what do we have for the second half of this program? Second half. So the big news coming out of the NBA this week is they announced that uh, the NBA Board of Governors actually approved a new policy that NBA teams are now unable to rest two star players in the same game during the regular season. Mm. And the way that the NBA defines uh, what a star player is, is someone who has made an all star team or an all NBA team in the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. So I guess the best example would be the the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. We yep. know that Kawhi's always been on his load management plan. And so this is this is just continuing with the NBA's push to try to make the NBA regular season, the 82 game schedule more relevant, making sure that, you know, uh, especially on like national television games that, you know, the star players are going to be on the court because the other thing that they did last year towards the end of last season was put in the new rule where like you have to play in at least 65 games now to be eligible for most of the major awards. Yeah. So this is just a continued push by Adam Silver and the NBA head office to try their best to make the NBA regular season more relevant. I mean, the play, the in-season tournament is another example. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on this uh, new rule that is coming in about resting players? Uh, well, first of all, I feel like Kawhi should get like a exemption. Uh, yeah. He should get a medical exemption. Like, Oh, okay. I, I actually, like a doctor's note type situation. He has quad tendinopathy. Like it's just going to be a degenerating condition that gets worse and worse for him. So he needs to manage it. Mm. Um, 
I don't have that many issues with Kawhi sitting. Now, I feel like the communication that Kawhi has in terms of like, okay, deciding on a dime, there's even a story that last year he decided to rest the second half. You know, like that's really chaotic. Like once you're in the game, once you're preparing for the game and expectations are set that you're in the game and then you leave the game, then people get frustrated. Kawhi, I mean, like, I mean, we saw it in Toronto, obviously, but, you know, that load management really does work for Kawhi. Um, the rest of this, it does feel like very much the NBA is, like, getting their best face forward because they're in a contract year. Like, the league is in a contract year. You know what I mean? It's like, so you work out a little <laughs> Yo, bit extra. The league is heading to free agency yeah. is crazy. No, the league is heading to free agency in the sense that, obviously, their biggest source of income is their, you know, uh, TV rights deal and whether that's going to be with the TV provider, whether that's going to be with an, an, you know, one of these other companies um, that come in, like they oh, we talk in Apple. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we talk in Apple quite a bit in the second half of this program for some reason, but like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to put together the best bid forward so that they can get the highest bid, and then afterwards they'll probably loosen up the rules a little bit. Um, I don't really mind this. I mean, I, I know that people kind of like go on and on about like you know, there's this fan that comes in and they've traveled, you know. 20,000 miles to come see Luka Doncic in Toronto and, and he rests and I'm sure that that's a really like frustrating experience and, and there's no guarantee for that person that you know you're not going to be able to you, like you can actually see this player you're coming in to come uh, for but um, I, I think it's just it's it's up to the NBA teams to prove to their fans and their consumers that this resting policy is a net win in the positive and I'm not sure how you would really do that the only time you've really seen it proven is in the case of Kawhi, for example, right? You're like, see, look what happens when we keep him healthy and he's ready for the playoffs. That one everyone understands. I think what people can't understand is some of the other lesser kind of examples that takes place. Or even like a couple years ago when it was, you know, the Raptors two seasons ago, like you had entire teams like keeping their whole starting five out of the out of the country. You know what I mean? Coming here. And it did lead to some less competitive games that, you know, I guess were typical of that entire season. But um yeah, I don't know. It's uh, but regardless, the NBA is just trying to make sure that they get a good TV deal with whichever company buys uh, the rights to show them. Yeah, I wonder too if like there are like loopholes around this, like you mentioned. Well, with... you could just write that I'm I'm sore. Yeah, and... or or I guess like the league would just like investigate more now into like the injury I reports. Man, soreness. <laughs> I don't know, man. You got to take Kawhi into a room right? and just like X-ray his whole body, but like. I think the other thing, the loopholes is like you could, if you're the Clippers on like a national TV game, if you actually want to rest mm. both Kawhi and PG, like you play them, but then you only play them like 24 minutes. But I mean, like they're in the lineup. That makes even a bigger farce of the game, I feel like. I me. know, but isn't that like a potential loophole that I think teams can take advantage of in that they're playing the players, but they're going to just manage their minutes? Yeah, I mean, in a way, right? I, I just think it's. It's hard, like you mentioned. It's hard for the NBA well, the bigger thing to come is, down and like try to like you know just monitor all this. Well, stuff. one of the solutions would be you reduce the amount of games played, and then you therefore reduce the amount of travel and the back to back. That's honestly kind of like that's honestly the solution that. But they can't do that yeah. when they're trying to sell yeah. as much inventory. But that is as like possible. the sensible solution versus like putting in all these they're, new they're rules. Trying to, they're trying to make they're, again. They're in a, they're in a contract. Cap- capitalism wins again, man. Yeah. Also, capitalism. by the way, my, my main issue with this is just it makes for like the most boring conversations about sports. Like, like mm. debating, resting, all this kind of stuff. It's yeah. just kind of like, oh my, my bad for bringing it no, on no, the no, rundown. No, 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 no. It's good because it's this is good news. But like, or it's, it's, I think it's good news. But like, ultimately, like, there's not much you can make out of it. You know, like, hopefully players play and hopefully we see the best compete against the best. 
you know, otherwise are they world champions? You know, yeah, yeah but uh, Bobby Marks, uh, friend of the program, uh, did yeah. lay out all the actual specifics. We giving Bobby a friend of the program of this agreement. Yeah, Bobby was a regular last season. I feel like when the Raptors were making calls, but I think not we had making him twice. deals. I, More well, than that. I love when Bobby brings up his three like uh, New Jersey Nets stories. You, you know, he's like, it's know, always the Andre. You know, when we sign Andre Carroll and go under the table. Um. You, you know, well, when we traded Damian Lillard for Jared Wallace, um, the thinking behind that. <laughs> you know, when we were in that war room and we just you know traded for Paul Pierce and KG, those are legit the three stories. No, they're, they're actually pretty great. Uh, but I also enjoyed talking to Bobby just as somebody who like dealt with like you know you know. Uh, Bobby Webster, for example, in the league office or negotiated against Masai. Yeah. Like those are actually valuable, you know, stories and experiences that I think are really cool. Yeah. You, so, you get to you get a sense of like what these guys actually are like to deal with. No, I'm a big fan of Bobby. Um, in addition to no more than one star players is um, can be unavailable for the same game. There's also rules that teams must ensure that star players are available for national TV and in-season tournament games. So an example sure, he listed yeah. was like, so the Phoenix Suns are going to host the Portland Trailblazers in November. And then the next night they're playing against Golden State on ESPN. In that scenario, like someone like Devin Booker would not be allowed to sit out that second game against the Warriors for rest mm -hmm. because it's on national TV. Well, then it's on the league to schedule the national TV games in yeah, such a way no, that uh, they are not back. No, I hear you. And, yeah. and they also, the, one, of the, one of the rules too is like teams have to maintain a balance between the number of one game absences for star players in home and road games. So kind of like what you mentioned, it's like <sighs> guys are traveling to see like a Luka Doncic or a Steph Curry on the road. Like, um, and, and he said that teams are going to be investigated if they try to like manipulate the rules or whatever. Again, this is all like very hard to like, I, I mean, it, come down on. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, look, there will be teams that circumvent it. There'll be teams that follow it. Um, but again, they're just trying to put on their best behavior so they line a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like they're they're basically saying, yes, we will we're comfortable with screwing local um markets, mm. but we want to prioritize national markets because yeah. we have a national TV that's, contract that's where, coming up. That's where the billions of dollars are. Yeah. And then two more rules is that teams must refrain from any long term shutdown of players. So this is more towards end of season, like you mentioned. It's like you can't just rest Dame and tank. Yeah, you can't just sit Dame. You can't. Um, you don't want to see the Jonathan Williams experience. <laughs> the, the Wizards, the Wizards, like shut down Bradley Beal towards the end of last season. I, I, personally, I was fine with that. And called it <laughs> knee soreness. <laughs> and then the last one. Uh, this one was pretty funny. Teams must ensure that healthy players resting for a game are present and visible to fans. That's got the Kawhi Leonard exception. So, <laughs> so Bobby Marks mentioned that this is actually not new and was included in an agreement in 2017. But if a team violates any of these rules, they are subject to a $100,000 fine on the first violation, 250 k for the second one, and then $1.25 million for a third violation. Yeah. So... There we go. I mean, big news. News. I mean, again, like this is this is not too dissimilar from like your workplace putting in new like policy, you know. But like, it's it's pretty standard stuff. I feel like, yeah. And, and like, look at the bottom line is w whether we want to talk about the games being optimal, whether we want to talk about like the resting being optimal for this player and that player. Uh, there's tons of science that goes into this. That's why the teams are doing this. Um, but. Ultimately, the bottom line is still the bottom line. Like you are still a performing product, and like you can't just necessarily show up whenever you want without any notice to the fans. And whether you want to improve transparency on that front with the fans, or you want to 
they eliminated the problem by ensuring that everyone's there all the time with these sort of strict rules that we're mentioning, which is the direction the league has gone. Like, that's the direction that people should be striving for in the first place. I think that's what's interesting, too, is see them on the player side. They're definitely trying to, like, push this thing as, like, hey, guys, this is actually the team's fault, right? We want to play. We're so competitive. We want to be out there, but it's the teams making us do this. And so the players are, whether through their agents or even directly through their own networks, pushing out this idea that, like, hey, it's not us. It's not our fault. It's the team's fault. And, again, if that's the case, then the team should come out and explain, like, you know, if we rest this guy for this amount, then we get this much production, and this is better than if we play him for all this other amount versus this other production. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think. Or those you are... tell people ahead of time, like, hey, this guy's not going to play this day. No, but I'm with you, man. They should just shrink the schedule to 60 games, but that's never going to happen. Well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're trying to sell the... The best seasons was the when the they product. started them on, like, Christmas. They once actually again, went the, the other way and actually again, added the phone, more product. The phone is ringing in here, and we're going to ignore it. We're um, basically like in the wire. We're like in the, the, the outer office. That's kind of how it feels. We're, it's dark. It's dingy. It's just the two of us. Um, so um, to even bigger NBA news, uh, Draymond Green uh, sent two tweets this week okay. as our as our Draymond Apple IBM subplot. Um, you know, he actually, I believe, was on the Apple campus. Um, so he tweeted, it seems that every single time I think Apple has done it all they can with their products, they add something we didn't know we needed on an iPhone or watch or la- laptop. And if you go to the campus, you meet a bunch of geniuses. Three mind-blowing emojis. Pretty wild. Wow. The campus itself is mind-blowing. The architecture, super architecture. clean. Architecture, all right, damn. Super clean. This, this, this guy's talking like he's he me in Chicago right now, man. He, he acted like he's Liban at the La Sagrada Familia. Um, super clean and obviously well thought out and... Tim Cook took an impossible job following up Steve Jobs and actually knocked it out the park. Wow. Always take a second to appreciate greatness. Okay. Good night, folks. You tweeting like Kevin O'Connor, man. <laughs> you like Tim Cook? Yeah, don't, Future All-NBA player. Yeah, don't check KOC's likes. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Draymond praising Apple on X. And I guess in NBA news, he also did an exclusive interview with ESPN and said that this year is all about helping Chris Paul get his first <laughs> I love that, championship. I love that. And then he also went him on just sunning him. He's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> he legit said, that's my son. <laughs> like he said, that's my son. He's like, yo, you know, little buddy, you never had ice cream before. Let yeah. me take you to the ice cream store, man. Let me get you a cone. Let me yeah, get let, you a double let me show, scoop. Let me show, let me show you, you what, you what the Larry is all about, man. <laughs> let me show you what the chocolate dip. Like, <laughs> It's and, so sad, man. And he also, you know, Chris Paul just at home being like, I, I can't believe, I can't believe me as the players' union did not put in an exception to this that forbid this from happening. Meanwhile, Draymond also said that he believes the Warriors can win two more championships. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I, so, I, I mean, they still got Steph in his prime. I don't see why that would be the case. Um, yeah. So there we go. I mean, I don't know what. The, what do you? What do you really say about Draymond? Like, the, there's. Draymond's an Apple guy. Yeah, he, confirmed. Is he getting paid by Apple? He might be getting paid I by Apple. I don't know, but... This might be like us talking about Monkey Sushi. Like, <laughs> that's high praise. Man. By the way, we are not, to be clear, we are not receiving payments or or, or sushi. Yeah, not or, at the moment. From, um, from Monkey. But, Mr. But Monkey. Through, but through a connection, I believe, uh, we're potentially going to meet the owner of Monkey Sushi. Mr. Um, monkey. In, in October. Monkey. We're going to meet soon. And, <laughs> and shouts... And shouts to everyone who's been participating in the unofficial monkey sushi 
selfie yeah, challenge. I've had a lot of DMs of people just sending just me a got picture one, of themselves. Just got one from Kevin B. Oh, um, yeah. Which location uh, is this? I'm not sure. I can't really recognize the architecture. This might be the one on Edward Street by the Eaton Center. Oh, okay. But um, if you could identify that for me, Kevin, that, that would be great. Wow. So again, if you walk by a monkey sushi, be a friend and, and take a selfie mm. and, and send it my way, info at stephenlebron.com or just hit me up at stephenlebron.com on IG. Last bit of basketball news. Serge Ibaka signed a one-year deal this week with Bayern Munich. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Serge is heading overseas. Yeah, um, I'm not too surprised with this result. Um, I, I feel like I've said that a couple of times in this podcast. I don't mean like that. I just mean like, you know, it didn't really seem like he had the NBA capabilities or opportunities out there, not capabilities. I think he probably still capable of being a veteran contributor somewhere, but realistically, there weren't that many spots. Um, his last move in the NBA seemed to be going on that podcast was or going on that appearance with Shams and just mm. slandering Bud. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's like, I know you fired too, but uh, I didn't like you. Yeah. All right. That's actually sick. When you and your boss both aren't at that workplace anymore, but you're still <laughs> slandering your boss. That's sick, man. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, I'm going to move on from that. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, just move on from that. <laughs> I mean, search still has a lot to give, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what it's going to look like for him in Europe. Obviously, he's going to have a good transition period just because, you know, he's speaks English, he speaks um, Spanish, he speaks French, so he's played in Europe before. Um, he's a worldly guy in the first place, so I don't think there's going to be that big of an adjustment period. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not too familiar with, you know, Bayern Munich from a basketball perspective. I'm, I'm more familiar with them from a football perspective, but um, you know, like, apparently he's going to be playing with Isak Bonga and uh, Freddie Gillespie. Yeah, so. oh man, I was going to hit you with a trivia. I guess you know this. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. Oh, come on, man. Damn. Who do you think I am? Man? I wasn't familiar with the international. He's going to be playing with uh, Andreas Obst. What? The, um, uh, the German shooter that, was, that hit, like, He's the ops? Of, <laughs> he he kind of the ops, man. He really the ops, but he 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 was the guy who hit, like, all those threes, including that uh, that game-winning one, essentially, against USA. Oh. The one where he pump-faked and he got Halliburton to slip and he hit the big three. Uh, oh, he he's playing for that team as well. Carson so. Edwards also. Carson on that team. Edwards, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, no, but I think I, I, I wish yeah. that's the best though. You know, like obviously, Serge has been a friend, like genuine friend of the program. Genuine friend of the program. Obviously, a Raptor legend. Yeah, Raptors legend. Best of luck, man. Biggest fan favorite from that championship team, honestly. And yeah, I think you just get to a point in your career, like his post Raptors run with like the Clippers and with Milwaukee. You, know, you can see that you know he was just in a different stage of his career and. I think there's no shame in kind of wrapping up your career if he doesn't get back to the NBA, like playing a few years overseas. Like he's obviously had a decorated career. And he takes and care of himself really well too. Yeah, so I, like, think, I think that's the other thing. Yeah. Like so. he's going to be a great influence to, to, to any of the young yeah. players on that team. Are they going to be competing in EuroLeague? I don't even know. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look into that and, and get back to you. Um, so that's really about it. Just a few more items to wrap up. All right, so I'm going to put in the... Personal items? Right. Yeah, personal right. items, timestamp. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out to um, one of our favorite Raptor Show listeners, Shanda. It was her birthday. Oh, recently. Happy birthday, Shanda. Saw on IG, she got a Raptors themed birthday cake. Nice. From her family with the Raptors logo on it. Nice, nice. So nice. that was um, that was good times. And yeah, um, shout outs to our guy, Mainlander, Jeremy. Oh, shout out to the Jeremy Mainlander. Zhang. Oh, Zhang, um, Jung, Jung, <laughs> okay, Juntao, um, no, man. Jeremy Juntao, Mandarin World Peace. Um, he was uh, he was on a podcast recently talking about his um on a Mandarin speaking podcast talking yeah. about his 
career in sports media mm-hmm. and you know i tried to give it a listen and and, and actually oh. it was a shocker to me that i thought i thought i knew mandarin but i couldn't not really follow it it's really confusing because um i was sharing with you some of the things he was saying and you were like he said that <laughs> even after you had listened to the whole thing so i don't know what you were listening to no mandarin i guess it's hard for me versus cantonese that's fair that's fair so i was actually hard to follow i actually had to dial it down to 0.75 speed oh, okay and still couldn't really pick up he was like lee <laughs> so it was really cool like he described his origin story you yeah. were kind enough to to basically transcribe I, it for I me i transcribed most of the, the, the you were the you. you were the mandarin yeah. gtj got next i was aggregating a pod so, <laughs> you, you aggregated for you me know? it was great hearing jeremy's story so everybody should check that out it's called the credentialed podcast sure yeah yeah so i mean it was just great to to, to hear jeremy about his i mean look listen it, it's it's a mandarin podcast and He's speaking Mandarin in the podcast. Yeah, just he's mostly even if you're talking English to Chinese speaking, just just turn it on for vibes. Oh, man. okay, all right. You're just saying just click the click the views, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, view. Uh, go listen to the Savelle Savelle's pod as well. <laughs> oh yeah, the Toronto, Toronto Living's, Living's podcast. Yeah. Everybody subscribe to that. But no, shout to Jeremy, man. It's like it's been great, obviously, to get to know him. I know that's like your little brother right there, your second little brother. <laughs> and it's um no, it, it, it's great, man. Yeah. Like you know, welcome him into the space and listen, man. Like. We joke about all this stuff, but like Jeremy is doing bigger things than like any of us, man. This guy, well, he was just like, yeah, you know, this past year I covered, you know, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple months later, I went to the Champions League and I was at uh, in, in Milan for uh, AC versus Inter in the semifinals. And then I traveled to Real Madrid or went, went, went to Madrid to see Real Madrid. And then I went to Manchester to see Manchester City. And then I went to Turkey afterwards to go to Istanbul to cover the final. I'm like, you had a dream. Like, that's like a dream trip mm-hmm. for me, man, to like see the, the, the you know, the final four matches uh, and also the final of the Champions League. So salute to Jeremy, man. But uh, yeah, he also at the same time, very humble and, and is willing to help us out, you know, shoot little skits at, at Hongqing. Shouts to friends at Hongqing. Uh, you know, shoot our live show. Shouts to Mawad, by the way. He shot, he was one of the, like, um, cameraman for our live show when we had with Chris Boucher as well. Yeah, which you forgot, but you had to message me to confirm. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Mawad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, shout out to Mawad. That was a great podcast that yeah, you did guys great, did man. this week. Everybody yeah. should definitely check that out. Great behind the scenes stories yeah. from, you know, obviously him traveling with uh, Canada basketball for this whole FIBA World Cup tournament. Yeah. No, that was a great podcast, man. Everybody. Yeah. And Jordy Fernandez, we're coming for you, sir. Yeah, Jordy. Jordy, we got to get you. you. We got to get you too. Shouts to Canada basketball for for their kind words as well. I guess they're not listening now because it's the NBA. Nah, again. Maybe, maybe not. Shouts to my guy. To them, man. Shouts to my guy Ovio Rowan. Yeah. Um. Apparently so they're, apparently they're bumping <laughs> React Pods. You know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully and, not and, the and one I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. Lastly, you know, last time we were we were giving a trip update to Lee Ben Osman. Yes. You know, who's currently yes. in parts unknown. Um, R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain. Yes. Um, wow, and, yeah. you know, he listened to the pod and I got a message. He from... listened to the pod? Wait, how? How did he listen to the pod? He does not have headphones. Did he play that pod I, out I, loud in Spain? I'm not sure. He might have done it while walking around Las Ramblas. But like this guy, this guy listening to his phone out loud, man. So like, he sends me. He like sends me WhatsApp because I guess he got a SIM card. So he like texts me from like his Spain number. Mm. So I have the, you know, the number three, four, six, two, five, seven. OK, I guess I won't dox him. But like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is his number? Like I hit him on WhatsApp instead because I didn't want to catch any charges. So I don't know how it works. He's like, listen to the pod about to try paella. And then he what? provided. What do you a- mean? He, no. <laughs> 
Lee Man, you're gonna die. Man. Well, I haven't heard There's from so him. There's so much seafood. I, in I haven't heard from what? him since, so we're gonna what see. What are we talking about? His paella what? is just it's just gonna be fried rice on a pan. Um, and but then he also confirmed. He said, "Been eating McDonald's and Popeyes the oh, last two days. Oh my god, it's so much better here." And what? What do you mean it's I, so much better here? I honestly implored him to just please try some like local cuisine, like things that you can, because. You don't want to regret that later on, you Bro, know. It's like, not like it's not like the Spanish don't eat potatoes, man. Oh man! Get yourself some Popeyes. Yeah, so not, not some Popeyes, Popeyes. So he said he was still gonna hit up Palma, Madrid, and Seville, and he was in Valencia when I was messaging him. Oh, okay, nice. nice. So and he said churros are on my list. Yeah, yeah, next. yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, I could see him loving churros. You know, I mean, it is uh not. So it does go around his his food restrictions. I'm I'm happy for him that he's taking this trip, but I, I am a little disappointed that he's having so much fast food. <laughs> we're always so disappointed. No, in but it, we're talking about he's in Spain, man. Like all places, really. Like there are certain places you go. Like you told me you went to the UK and you ate a lot of McDonald's. I'm like, all right, that's fair. Like, you know what? What, what did you really want to have mashed peas? But like. <laughs> Yo, they're eating the mashed peas, man. This is like they the go most, to pubs that eat mashed peas. This is man. the most anti-food segment ever, man. Uh, but no, but in Spain, I feel like the options are so good that you gotta. And I know it's difficult, but I, I mean, him trying pay is interesting because again, he has a seafood allergy. So, I mean, you can't even eat the stock. He can't even. <laughs> even the stock is gonna be difficult for He's him. He's just man. licking the pan, man. Oh man. So anyway, safe yeah. travels, Lee Ben. Yeah, seriously, man. And you um, deserve it, bro. yeah, that's it for today, man. That's it. That is it. No other topics. Oh, you know what? One, one last thing before one we go. last thing. Uh, I know you're nervous because you have an interview with a. <laughs> no, with, okay, just to move on. <laughs> you have an interview, and I have a, a movie to watch it too. Yeah. Um. So, not that I would watch the Blue Jays that much because I really mm. don't care. But mm. uh, I saw online. That uh, you got caught on the uh, broadcast. <laughs> yes, I got caught in 4K. Yeah, so tell tell us about that. So you were on Sportsnet, but not not because of the Raptors show. <laughs> yeah. So so Faisal invited me yesterday to watch uh, the Jays in the Rogers Landing area, which is like in the outfield, right next to the visitors bullpen. Okay. It's a great view there. It's like a standing room area. Sure. And he was doing some stuff with the Jays Care Foundation, so we're oh, hanging out with nice. a bunch of kids there. Awesome. Awesome. Just like having a good time. And, you know, there was someone um, from Rogers, the PR there, just like coordinating because like Faisal had to do some social content sure, yeah, as, yeah. as part of the night. So we're there having a good time. And I think it was like in the fifth inning. Were you having a good time? Because there was 10 nothing <laughs> Rangers. But you know what? That was the best 10 nothing game I've ever yeah, been to. Yeah, like okay, I, I might have right. been the only person in there having a great time. And you look like you and Faisal I, were having. I had a great a time, time with of your life. Yeah, it's always good over. laughs with Faisal and the kids there were great. So we were just like hanging out. And I think it was like in the fifth inning, we looked up at the Jumbotron mm -hmm. and, you know, our, our section was there on, on the screen. So were they like featuring the Jays care kids? No, I think they just like panned to that oh, section. Okay, they just panned. Okay. Gotcha. So then like, you know, um, yeah, you can see the clip on social, like Faisal and I were super excited. And it was really funny. Cause like, um, like we got, got messages right away from like Danang who like works in the arena, mm -hmm. who like works in the stadium, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, got a he's message. Yeah. Got, he's the host. And then got a message from like Richard Lee Sam, who like works on the social yep. team yep. and Lindsay Dunn, who like, you know, obviously is everywhere and like covers the Jays. Yeah, when they say oh. city news is everywhere, they mean no, Lindsay like, Dunn is everywhere. Yeah, no, she really is everywhere. And she was like, so <laughs> Lindsay <thrilled>. Dunn really is <laughs> she everywhere. Took, yeah. She took a photo of the Jumbotron. Like she was so excited to tell oh, yeah. Faisal and I that she saw that. So yeah. that was cool. And then we were were told because then they were talking about the Jays Care Foundation on right. the broadcast. Right, right. So the PR person that we were with did tell us like, oh, like 
Uh, just get ready. Like, they're going to pan to you guys on TV. Why, Not- can't you, why couldn't you hide? Wait, hold on. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> No, so like, okay. just just like a heads up. Like, oh, so you knew it was happening. No, but like we didn't know when though, because it's not like we know when the so t- general heads up. Yeah, just like oh, oh just okay. like don't right. do anything like crazy, I guess. So that, I didn't know when we're on TV, so we're just yeah, hanging right. out, and then they pan to us. You know, uh, Faisal and I had walked around and and got some uh, you know chicken tenders and fries, <laughs> and you know um, the for, Lee Van Classic for people who've seen the clip. <laughs> like you know, I was going to work on that, uh-huh. and yeah, we were on TV, and then. Uh, Faisal and I were just like laughing about it. We met up with Ali Khan too. Shout out to yeah, Ali Khan. Yeah. And we're like, yo, because Faisal and I were like, oh, sick. Like, we're on the Jumbotron. We're on TV. And Ali Khan's like, you guys are on TV. Like, like what do you mean? Generally. Like, yeah. I like, see Faisal like every no, but day. That's what on I'm saying. I see but us I think like on I, I think TV there's just something. I think there's just something about when it's like more like random. No, that's fair. That's fair. Or something like that. But, anyways, yeah. You guys um, have like a great time because, again, you guys are just like to describe the, the, the visual. <laughs> you guys are just leaning over the railing. Yeah. With a whole bunch of kids all wearing the same uniform. Yeah, and then you just see these two grown adults <laughs> laughing and eating chicken strips, like just like going in on these chicken strips, man. It was yeah, and at the time it was like seven nothing Jays. Their seasons like falling uh, seven apart. Nothing Rangers. It would oh be yeah, seven nothing. It was definitely not runs. seven nothing Jays, but it was seven nothing in my mind. I, uh, I I had a seven nothing night, but yeah, it was a good time. Like yeah, uh, right. a lot of people were watching at home. Like like Cash like sent me the clip right away. Mm, um, and big it was game, just because it was a big game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it was like um no, it was a pretty funny thing, but no, it was great. It was great hanging out with the kids and being being there and stuff. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it wasn't a it wasn't a it wasn't a win for the Rogers team. And then like it's funny because Faisal posted the clips, and then someone was like, "Man," <laughs> one person commented and it was like, "Yeah." Sportsnet, Sportsnet's getting their employees to be seat fillers. Hey, you know what? Because <laughs> there's been a lot of complaints about like the low attendance, like at, at the games, like this week. What do you want? People, like, what do you what are you complaining about? If the, if the team is good, be more people come. No, but the team it's, is it's, good. It's, like, it's the, a, no, but it's, it's a frustrating, a frustrating team. This is what happens when you put expectations too high. But man. this is the biggest series of, of the year, and like, this is another discussion that's like broken out online. Yeah. About like theories as to why there's only like twenty thousand people there this week instead of like the full forty three thousand whatever it is it's cold well it's cold plus like uh you know a lot of people just went back to school so not able to bring their kids there parents are busy happening yeah tiff is happening like there's other stuff happening in the city also like you know people aren't that happy with the team yeah but like if there was no expectations coming in and they were and they were in the in the wild card race like this it'd be full no, I hear have you. High expectations. No, but they're this this series is basically for the wild card spot. Okay, All right. and they've really like blown it by by losing these first three games. But All right. give me give me the give me give me the Jays in thirty, but in seconds, uh, not, the, not minutes. The Jays and the Jays in thirty scenario? is basically like the last couple of years. They're a really good offensive team, but yeah. they were like a sloppy team. Like they didn't really play really good defense. Okay, like All attention right. to detail wasn't that great. So we like the Sacramento Kings. So this offseason, they decided to steer the other way and really focus on pitching and defense. Okay. Okay. So now they're one of the, the actually, actually, I think they're the number one team in the league in like ERA. Okay. So they're like one of the best pitching. Uh, they have the best pitching staff in the league, basically. Sure. Yeah. And, and defense is good defense now? is amazing, especially okay, yeah, in wow. the outfield because they brought right. in Kevin Kiermaier and Dalton right, right, Varsho. Right, right. Right. But now they can't hit. Like they went too much the other way. And a lot of guys have underperformed. The biggest underperformer this year has been Vladdy. Yeah. Is he going to be the fall guy here? He's definitely the fall guy right now. But we're, we're not going to get rid of him. So no, he's what is, still, what is it going to be? You know, the crazy thing is he's still the youngest player on this whole team. How and old is Vladdy? He's like 24. Wow. So he's been playing, I think, wow. for like his, his, his like fifth season now. Because, you know, all the hype right. about like Davis Schneider and yeah, all, yeah, and like yeah, all yeah. this stuff. It's like, yeah, that should have been him, though. Yeah. But Davis Schneider is older than Vladdy. 
Like, even okay. though he I just mean, started I mean, his, come like, on, though. Vladdy was, like, an MVP candidate. Yeah, like, but that, that's expectation, not but, what his age is. We can't just be like, well, he's he's young now. No, like, but, if he struggles, he's young. If he's, if he's You if he's see great, a lot of players not grow into it until they're, like, 26, 27, 28, though. Okay. All right, so fair. just because, like, there's a couple down seasons. But, like, people have been calling for him to be benched. Like, it's actually getting pretty, benched like... for who? They, they just want him to sit a day. We got Adam Lynn sitting there? Like, who's who's there? We don't who's even th- got Adam Lynn on the field right now when oh, Vladdy's wow, sitting. Okay. Um, but, like, yeah, so it's been a lot of frustration. And it's, like, because the offense got is... hurt. Yeah, because the offense is not as good, like, it's mm-hmm. just not a fun brand of baseball to watch. So you're in every game, but you can't trust that they'll come yeah, through. Yeah, and, and they've okay. only had a comeback, I think, from three runs down, like, once since, like, May. That's so, hard to do in baseball, I feel like. No, but this team used to, like, when they... Last couple no, of years... I mean, like, it's yeah. hard to not achieve that at some point. I know, point. Yeah. like, it's crazy. So, like, once they're down, like, two runs, three runs in a game, it always feels like it's over. So that's the frustration. I think they're a game and a half out of the playoff spot right now. Second wild card? Third. Third? What the hell is a third wild card? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? This is like a third two-way Yeah, deal? yeah, yeah. No, so there's six teams that make the playoffs. Three divisions, winners, and then three wild cards. Three wild cards. And, and then, then the top two teams get a bye. Top two any team? Top two division winners. Top two division winners. And get then a bye. the worst division winner plays the third wild card. And, and then, then is that a best of three like before? Yeah, it's a best of three. And we got to win one best of three to make the actual playoffs. To, to make the actual playoffs, yeah. So you're telling me they're having the same season as the Raptors, but... Pretty much they're trying to get into the play-in, yeah. So they're in the play-in tournament with with but the a frustrating team that's underperforming. But the difference is, like, this their, team their was... Their best ex- young yeah. guy is disappointing people. Yeah, it's been a frustrating year. offense is really bad to watch. Wow. Yeah. This is... Yeah, damn. Yeah, it's, but go check out the Jays, man. Shouts to the Jays. Is Schneider Nick Nurse? Like, what is he? I guess he doesn't even have the Nick Nurse, like, championship cachet. Yeah, kind of I, I don't know, man, but... Right. They got, like, two weeks left in the season. To, to figure least, it out. Can, I mean, we're still in it though. Like we just, we're just disappointed that we're not better. Cause we're what's, what's the expectation coming in? Like, were we going to win a hundred games? Uh, we gonna... Yeah. Expectation was they were going to win the division and like okay, compete right. for the world series. Damn. It's just a lot of hitters. Uh, like aside from Vladdy have like underperformed. Why though? I don't understand. Like, <sighs> I don't baseball know. doesn't make any sense to me really. Like in people terms of, have like, been like, people happen, have been but... like analyzing Vladdy's like heard, mechanics like, and everything. And yeah. is different or some, something yeah. Like that. People have been talking so much, like trying to break down like the mechanics behind his swing and stuff. They've been blaming the hitting coach why don't we break down the mechanics of people's like jumpers when uh <laughs> yeah i don't when know they're not dropping i guess we do to some extent but only with the more egregious types like let's break down the mechanics of <laughs> yeah unless MKG. it's like michael kid kill chris yeah, yeah or like ben simmons we're breaking it down <laughs> yeah so basically gotcha. they had this four game series with texas this week and if they won like three out of four mm-hmm. they would have pretty much been in a like 95 percent scenario of getting into the playoffs but what actually happens over they lost well, twice? now they now they've lost three in a row. They have to avoid a four game sweep tonight. And if they lose tonight, I think their chances of getting into the playoffs are pretty slim. And people booed them yesterday. People did boo them. But not you guys, because you're giddily eating. I was having fingers. a great time. Wow. I didn't even check the scoreboard. Well, I was when you're on Ed Rogers' payroll. <laughs> Ed Rogers was also in the building last night. Yeah. Was it a company outing like that I wasn't invited to or something? No, I was I, mean, I was just down the road at Roy Thompson. Like I could have come I, over. I believe Mr. Ed was in his own suite. Yeah. He uh, definitely I, wasn't I hanging so. out at in Roger's landing. Gotcha, gotcha. With us. Oh, another Alex I mean, Alex Wanjanowski. Oh, okay. Let's go. One alert. last one before we end. Yeah. Members of Canada basketball, if you're listening to this on Thursday, we'll be at the Rangers Jays game tonight. Dylan Brooks, oh. RJ Barrett. Um, I want to say a couple other players too, but those are the confirmed ones. That's kind of sick. Yeah, so. we might need them to pit. We might need them to hit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let so. me see Dylan Brooks swing a bat. He's so hot right now. I feel like he could hit a three run. So home. tune in to the Jays game on all your Sportsnet channels. I'm wow. sure when they pan to uh, Dylan, especially, he's going to get a huge ovation 
from no, the crowd. all of them should get a huge ovation, man. Yeah, like, and I think I think they're actually going to be joining like Dan Shulman and Buck Martinez ah, in the booth. So Dan Shulman's going to be calling their games, but then also calling the Blue Jays <laughs> exactly. games. Exactly. That's sick, man. Shout yeah. out to Dan Shulman. So there's man. your Alex Swanjernowski bomb of the day. Oh wow, that's pretty good. That's why you. That's why you listen to the end, man. <laughs> yeah. That's why you. Oh man, damn. That's right. why you listen to the end for a clip that's going to circulate all over social, anyways. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, well, Alex, this is a it's a good pod. I mean, you got something to do. I got something to do. Um, trying to set up more programming for the rest of the, for next week, but, uh, this will probably do it for this week unless something major happens. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised how much basketball we talked in this one. Yeah, it was great, uh, man. I, I see a Simu commercial on TV. All right, that's time to wrap. Let's go. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to everybody. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next week.